Hello and welcome to this audio-only WTF1 podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and I'm the editor at WTF1 and joining me for a chat about the F1 sprint and how it could be changing for 2022 is WTF1 founder Tommy. Tommy, how are you on this fine Tuesday afternoon? A little bit chilly, but I'm fine. Yeah, sprint sprint is the... Uh... The hot topic again, yeah. Flavor of the month, <laughs> I know. We've got a sprint race coming up um, at Interlagos in just a couple of weeks, but at the moment, Ross Braun and Stefano Domenicali have been kind of giving us some hints here and there about how the sprint could be changing for 2022. Um, but before we talk through those changes, what have you thought about the sprint so far this year? Very good question. I've I've been quite mixed about it to be honest. So. When it was first announced, I was like, well, this is an absolute win because less practice, you'll know how much I dislike practice sessions. Um, and more racing, it seems like a win, you know, how you essentially get rid of a practice session, you have another race. And then for us, it's great because obviously we're um, not only, you know, we're in a lucky position where our job is essentially covering this. Whereas I appreciate, you know, some people working nine to five on a weekday, Friday, they don't want to miss action so they can kind of catch up with practice but for us obviously it's great because we have to cover and watch friday uh, for our jobs and it's much more fun on those weekends because it's actually interesting and silverstone um we were obviously there for you know the, the british grand prix and the wtf1 clubhouse and it was a really exciting weekend and being at the track i was like yes this sprint is amazing and then i watched the monza one and it was it was very interesting to get a different perspective of like you we we've essentially we've had the perfect situation where we've we've watched one there and we've watched one at home and not gonna lie the one i watched at home i was like this is a bit rubbish um and almost completely changed my mind on it um where I was very pro sprint races. Um, but the Monza one, I was just like, this kind of maybe is a little bit pointless. Um, don't get me wrong. I prefer it to a, um, a practice session, but it did sort of, I don't know, just it, you get all the hype at the start and then nothing, and then it's quite flat at the end because essentially there's no jeopardy and these cars are so hard to overtake and they start in a qualifying order so there's never going to really be that much overtaking um unless it, you know it was a reverse grid so there's not you know it's, it's only ever going to go one way and be very little overtaking yeah no i completely agree i mean when we were speaking about it before we actually managed to see any of the sprints and just the the format had been introduced and we were having a chat about it and we said like for the points that were on offer, which is for first place, you got three championship points, second place, two championship points, and third place, one championship point. There was never going to be a huge amount of risk taken by these drivers um, in order to just literally get breadcrumbs of points. Um, we have seen in both Silverstone and Monza, um, Sergio Perez, for example, he was somebody who lost out massively in Silverstone. He qualified on the Friday in fifth and then had that big incident, um, managed to keep it out the wall. I still have no idea how he did that, but he ended up DNFing um, and starting the actual race uh, on Sunday 
pretty much back of the grid. Um, same for Pierre Gasly and Monza. Um, I'm not quite sure where he qualified. I think it was probably within the top 10 because, you know, just Pierre Gasly things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he also uh, had an incident, I think lost the front, his front wing or something like that. Um, yeah. And also ended up starting from the pits, I think, that time in Monza. So, yeah, there is... There is change to some of the grid. And to be honest, looking at the um looking at Silverstone and Monza, um, Hamilton, well, this is another point we'll get to, qualified on pole, what would normally be pole, but he got a super a sprint king, is it called? Or super yeah. king or something. Pirelli sprint king. <laughs> super king sounds no, a bit sorry. appropriate. Pirelli speed king. That's it. Okay. I knew, <laughs> yeah. I think Super King is the name of some bed sheets or something. But <laughs> um, yeah, he got that award on the Friday. Um, but then come the sprint quality or F1 sprint or whatever F1 have decided to call it, it seems to change all the time. Verstappen overtook Hamilton and then meant he was on starting from what is technically pole for the race. It's very complicated. No, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this because F1 have also taken note that not everybody loves the fact that pole position isn't given through the traditional one hour low fuel quality, that kind of thing. I think um, going, going back quickly to your your yeah, comment about the, the risk taking, I'm of the opinion that I don't necessarily think it's a case of Formula One drivers won't risk it. I just don't think they can. Because, like you say, we have we have seen an element of risk. Um, because at the end of the day, Formula One drivers are going to race. You put them in a race situation, and regardless of, like you say, it being for pittance, kind of barely any points, they're still going to race each other. I think the problem is, um, other than the very race start, these cars are unbelievably poor at overtaking. Hopefully, that's not the case next year. Um, and realistically the main jeopardy of a formula one race is strategy and pits and them changing the tires and essentially what we've seen is them all starting realistically on the same tire other than uh alonso in the sprint which was <laughs> where we got the excitement there um and then essentially they can't overtake because the cars are too difficult to pass and essentially they're in an order that they would be anyway where the fastest guys are at the front and the slowest guys are at the back so how are you ever going to get any overtaking um that i think that is the main beef for me is you know if it was a reverse grid or something then perfect you have hamilton and verstappen starting at the back and it's almost like a race to get as far forward as they can to start the main race in a good position and then you don't even need points you just you the whole point is you get up the grid as high as possible but then it, it opens up the whole statistics which you're about to go into now of what's pole what's not and it, it yeah maybe not quite as traditional no but i mean i think reverse grids would certainly be interesting i think f1 have kind of said it's probably not going to happen um but i think when we were discussing this at the start of this year when like i said the sprint format was introduced were you somebody that was for uh reverse grids 100 percent. yeah 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 yeah, I think it it has potential. Um, and like you say, with what we've seen in Silverstone and Monza so far this year, Interlagos may completely surprise us, but it is a case of sort of the first two, three laps, everyone sort of, if they're going to go for positions, they'll snap them up nice and early. And then it just becomes quite processional for like the last 15 laps. Like for Silverstone, the whole event was 17 laps. 
for Monza, it was 18 laps, which is basically over a hundred kilometers. So a third of a race distance. Um, but yeah, it, it was sort of like after that four or five, it just became a bit like, okay, this can probably be wrapped up now. And like nothing extraordinary. It's so happen exciting. Now. It's so exciting at the start. And yeah. then so flat at the end, which is like you say, it's the polar opposite of uh, qualifying where you start off and, you know, we're quite chilled, obviously like the watch along or whatever, you know, you, you kind of like, okay, let's find out what's, what's going to happen. And then at the end, obviously is where we're doing our famous shocked faces and going, Oh my God, I can't believe Russell's in P2 or whatever. And it's super exciting at the end. And it all comes down to that kind of crescendo. But the, the problem with, with the sprint format is it's flipped on its head where you're, my heart's like racing. Cause you've got that yeah, the grid start, which and, there's nothing yeah. can beats like a grid start in Formula One because it's so exciting. Um, but then, like you say, after the first ten laps, what everyone just sort of settles into position, um, and because the order's the order, then you know, unless unless for whatever reason you've had a wet qualifying and Hamilton or Verstappen or even a Sainz or whatever is starting twentieth, um, you're not really going to get much overtaking. Yeah, well, you made reference there to who should get pole position because at the moment it is the person who finishes the sprint or the F1 sprint or sprint quali first is given the title of pole position, which has annoyed me as somebody who's a massive stats nerd. And, you know, looking at Max Verstappen, for example, in my opinion, and this isn't British bias or whatever people want to say, but for Silverstone, Max Verstappen is credited with having pole position because he won the sprint qualifying. However, Lewis Hamilton was the per- the person who was fastest on that Friday under what is traditional qualifying, yet he got the sprint king or whatever we said it was called earlier. And I don't like that. And that's a, I wrote a piece on it um, about like the F1 rule that should change, which kind of tied into the fact that, for example, Paul Bottas in Monza, we saw it. And recently with Hamilton and it's happened to Max before in Mexico, where a driver has technically gone fastest in a qualifying session. Um, and then maybe they've had an engine penalty that they've had to take or something along those lines. And despite the fact that they went quickest in those circumstances, they're not credited with pole. Um, And yeah, Ross Braun, who is F1 sporting director and just a general F1 legend, like he's been in the sport a long, long time. He's kind of seen the sport from all angles. Um, He was asked by um, somebody from the race and and the media as well, uh, if they're going to be looking at this who gets pole um, Palava next year and he said I think we definitely need to look at it that's been a consistent comment among fans and media and drivers etc the person that who does the fastest single lap with low fuel in that competition is the pole position holder and then he said something that I was pretty surprised by and I if I was Ross Brown, I probably wouldn't admit to this because you're just going to get picked up in it by people like us <laughs> he said I guess we hadn't really considered that, if I'm honest, when we set out this new format. I mean, how can you not think about that? I mean, like, literally that be... every comment online was like, it's the most logical thing that, fine, let's do sprint races, but give the pole position to the person that did the fastest lap on the Friday. And then Saturday, you know, they they can be the sprint king or whatever. 
have their own fancy award but don't give them pole it just makes no sense and I think every I I surely I think we've done polls with it before and I'm sure I would not be wrong in saying that you know 90% of people apart from Frank who's now grumbling and is obviously very annoyed by the situation um (laughs) is uh is yeah it just it's it just seems so logical that like the first thing you think of is like oh well you know let's not mess with we're just adding an extra thing but as soon as you start messing with tradition faltry butas beer yeah yeah, um (laughs) that's when people get annoyed and there's absolutely no need for it they had it's such an easy solution to just and, and the funny thing is as well you've seen it in the races where uh Hamilton and Bottas don't even know the rules because they were like Hamilton's like well I'm pole aren't I and Bottas is like no and he's like oh is that not oh what yeah um and you know Bottas Max Verstappen is Max Verstappen's credited pole for Monza I believe because Bottas had a penalty and won the sprint race so Max Verstappen got pole in Monza by finishing second in a race which is just a bit farcical even as a Max fanboy you know it's not (laughs) that's not a that's not a pole position um so yeah it's a bit a bit of a silly rule and like you say it's not the kind of thing that Ross Braun should be admitting to that they didn't even think about it because it seems that everyone thought it the second they announced it that surely you just give the qualifying award to the Friday because that's now qualifying simple yeah, I suppose, and I can already hear people listening to the podcast thinking this, but I suppose technically poll is awarded to the person who will be starting starts first. Yeah. yeah, who starts this if you look at the starting grid, poll is the person who is in that first grid slot. So I can I can see both sides of the argument, but I personally just think that poll should go to the person who win like gets the fastest time yeah yeah, in the quality um right well as i said ross braun has been chatting to the media this week and he's been dropping some little hints about what we can expect from the f1 sprint next year because it's not going anywhere by the sounds of it in fact it sounds like we're going to actually have more races um and ross braun has said that he thinks it's going to be more like six events uh that have the sprint which I mean, we've had three this year. They've kind of been spaced out every two months. Um, But there are plenty of things that F1 themselves need to think about because apparently every single race promoter on the calendar has said they want to host an F1 sprint, which might sound like quite a bold statement, but in many ways it's actually just quite a sensible thing because we've seen from, uh, you know, Silverstone and Monza, and I'm sure same with Brazil, that normally fans aren't going to want to be paying mega big bucks in order to come and sit and watch two hours of practice on a Friday. I know you've got support series and stuff like that there, but for you, Tommy, that's really your idea of a nightmare. Maybe not a nightmare. (laughs) But the thing is, like, however much there's this argument, you know, I always obviously have the argument of just get rid of Friday because it saves a load of money saves the car that's running and everyone's like oh the promoters you know they need it on friday and friday is the best day and it's very popular barring about god four or five races that i can think of friday's like empty i mean friday 
uh, you know, you can put on as many support series as you want. And, you know, you, you, we get fantastic support series like F2, F3 and the W series. I watched the W series race in the US and it was empty. Like the, the stands were completely empty. And you think you've paid a ticket. This is essentially a free race for you to watch and no one bothers turning up. And then you get 400,000 people there for the race. And it's the best selling F1 thing ever. So it shows that people realistically, however much we say, oh, value for money and put on loads of races and all this kind of stuff. People just want to go there for the Formula One. And, you know, 90% of the people that go there pay to watch the Formula One. Um, so it's not really a surprise, is it, that uh, the, um, the Formula One uh, hosts, like the, the tracks and stuff, like, do you want to have two races? Yes, absolutely. Would you like to have two races in a qualifying session instead of one day where people don't really turn up and it's a bit of a, it's either difficult to sell tickets to, or I guess from the greed side of it, um, you know, they can be like, well, we can charge more for Friday now because it's qualifying instead of um, two pointless, well, pointless uh, setup sessions, essentially. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I saw the headline as well, like you, and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Every, everyone. Wow. Every single F1 track wants a sprint race. And then you're like, well, of course they do. Yeah. When, when you actually like dissect it, you're like, well, yeah, of course they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ross Braun said there is no downside for a promoter in that they have the addition of Friday. So Friday now becomes a proper day of competition, which is very true. So now with all of these race promoters snapping Ross Braun's hand off at the chance to host an F1 sprint, F1 now have a decision to make, which is which races do they decide to let host sprint races if they all want to do it? Um, now, he said that it's probably not something that they're going to have at the first race and something they're not going to have at the last race. So if we're looking at the 2022 calendar, that's probably no sprint in Bahrain and no sprint in Abu Dhabi. But I'm sure they'll be fine with it because they already pay loads of money to be, you know, especially Abu Dhabi to be the last race of the season. So I'm sure they can get over that. Um, but in terms of the rest of the calendar, do we space it out? like we've seen this year, every sort of two months. I feel like, what what have you thought about um, the spacing of the sprint races this year? Do you think it would have been beneficial if they were maybe more tightly packed together? Or do you quite like the fact that there is quite a long period of time between each sprint? I almost forgot the sprint race even existed um, <laughs> okay. until until I saw the, obviously the news article you did for WTF1 about this story. Um, you know, it, and same with with Monza, you almost going to the weekend, and even at the start of this podcast, we're like, "Oh, Brazil's doing one." I'm like, "Oh yeah," you kind of forget because, like, I say it's such a long gap. It almost feels like um, slightly off topic, but Form Formula Two this year, where you oh, yeah. it's so spread out that you kind of forget and you don't really know what's going on. Uh, it, it it kind of slips my mind, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, the sprint race. We've got got another one to go." At the end of the day, it's three races. We could have one that's absolutely mega and everyone will judge it as the greatest thing ever. You know, say say Brazil is like absolutely unbelievable somehow, which wouldn't wouldn't surprise me because it's Brazil. Um, you know, it could be incredible, and then everyone will be thinking sprint race is the best thing ever. Let's have them for every single race next year. But that's just how Formula One works. But I'm I'm really stuck in two minds of it because 
I think it makes sense to have more racing, but I don't like, I feel like it can be tweaked um, because I don't really, uh, I personally from like a, you know, seen it in indie car and stuff as well. Like they have like double headers and stuff. If you're flying to the other side of the world and without going too down the sort of environmental route and stuff, we've, we've, you know, it's been established that realistically, like Formula One is not very eco, but it's not actually because of the racing, it's because of the traveling. So, so if you're flying to the side of the world, why not make the most of it and have the action there and, you know, put on two races or whatever. It totally, totally makes sense to do it. And then you might not even need to have 23 races in the calendar. You could have 20 and then that you kind of, you covered that way because it's something personally I really like about F2 is that you have multiple races. I'm not against there being multiple races. I personally just don't like the format of it being, for me, the format is destined to fail because as I've said about four times in this podcast, <laughs> you're starting, you're doing a whole qualifying session to determine a grid where the fastest guy starts at the front and the slowest guy starts at the back. And then you're doing a race where absolutely no jeopardy, which is the, for me, is like one of the downsides to things like formula three and w series where sometimes the races in the middle can be a bit boring because you don't have that element of strategy or pit stop or something which makes formula one so good or f2 or something or indycar um and that's something that i'm just like it's, it's just destined to fail in this format so for me i think formula one needs to be looking at actually making the format better not just adding loads in that's yeah my, I think my take on it that's your take you spilt the tea <laughs> coming with your opinion but yeah um Frank is uh he can't decide whether he likes it or not I can hear him his little feet pitter pattering away yeah but <laughs> walking off in disgust at my yeah my opinions terrible um, terrible takes <laughs> yeah well one thing I'm quite interested to see uh happen in 2022 obviously we don't know yet the actual circuits that they're going to be picking for the sprint events um but so far we've only ever seen sprint on what i guess you could call traditional old school circuits obviously silverstone has been part of formula one for donkey's years which i think is actually i think that's quite an english or british saying so maybe Donkey, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for international a long listeners, time <laughs> a long time yes <laughs> donkey's years um but i really I want to get a little um, bit of F1 sprint on some street circuits. Like I'm a big fan of street circuits, some more than others. Um, and I know that street circuits are notoriously difficult to overtake on. And sometimes you need, you know, uh, a bigger track like Silverstone or something like that for a little bit of argy-bargy, push people out the way. Um, obviously, you can't be doing that at street circuits because you just end up in a wall and that's kind of game over. But maybe that would be something that could add some jeopardy. Um, I was looking at uh, an article that the race did um, earlier and a comment was left saying, I can't wait to see, or like, I really, would really like to see the F1 sprint at Monaco. Now, I, before this uh, podcast recording, I said to Tommy, I had a bit of reaction. I was like, at Monaco? 
Monaco. You're not going to see any overtaking. It's literally going to be so processional. And Tommy was like, bub, 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 save it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that everyone's brilliant at Monaco is probably like the worst place to have it. But then Mr. Monaco himself is on the call. So you might disagree with me there. You might think that actually that would be a great idea. No, I totally agree with you. Why would you <laughs> why would you do a race? Why would you have another processional race at Monaco? A, a shorter yeah. version of it. Makes no sense. Um and Monaco is so small anyway, they'd probably end up having to do like 23, 24 laps to cover that 100 kilometer distance. So yeah. Yeah, I'd it doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to do it at Monaco because like you say, you're not going to have any overtaking. It, it wouldn't no. work there at all. This is a separate argument, but Monaco needs, you know, it needs its own special tire for the race or something to make it exciting. But that's that's another conversation to be had about Monaco next year. Maybe we do a podcast on that. But um, yeah, Monaco would just be ridiculous. Even yeah. even me, uh, who loves Monaco, I don't want to see that. It'd just be farcical. Okay, well, to put you on the spot... Could you pick uh, three circuits on the calendar that you would like to see the F1 sprint? Uh, you go first because I'm about to get the 2022 F1 calendar because you have sprung that on me and I'm trying to remember what circuits <laughs> there are. <laughs> I know. Some of them you're like, we haven't raced there in so many years that it will be a long time. Right. So I'll go for three that haven't hosted the sprint so far already. So uh, I also have not thought of an answer to this question, by the way. So it could be interesting. Um, let's see. Spa. I'm spa yeah, for me. Spa. Because oh, of the spa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say spa. I'd say Hung- Hungary. Normally is a fairly good track for overtaking, and mm. maybe somewhere like Hungary. I'd say Austria and put DRS on every single straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would also go for maybe somewhere uh, like Kota or the US or something or yeah maybe something like that but again it just all comes down to me that you're not gonna it's not gonna improve until you sort the format out yeah I think actually now now I think about it the best comment I saw from any anything about the sprint race was Lando Norris when he said you need an you need a hyper soft or an ultra soft mm. tire and you know if they can make a tire that is running out after 10 laps and the sprint race is 15 laps you'll get people starting on it because you've got a second advantage and then you'll have people that go conservative and just put on a normal tire that's the kind of jeopardy you need but i'm looking at every track and thinking of a sprint race and just going you're going to get exactly the same thing because no one's going to be able to overtake. Yeah, the only ones I can think of that might be interesting, yeah, is something like a, an Austria or a Spa because maybe you've got the big DRS straights and they'll be closer for longer. But then you have the problem where people get in a DRS train. Fun times. Baku. This is true. Ba- yeah, Baku. I think Baku would Baku be a good would one. be good. But yeah. it has to be a, a safety car start. Okay, there, there's the rules. Start. <laughs> Tommy's going to come in in the safety car and be like, "You're starting <laughs> behind me, even if I say so." So, yeah, I think. Well, well, I'm sure we won't have to wait long to find out where these sprint uh, six sprint races will be next year, 
Um, but to kind of wrap up, there's two points, which we've one of which we've definitely alluded to, which could be that we get more championship points on offer for 2022. So Ross Braun, once again, he's really he's been spilling the tea about this uh, <laughs> sprint for next year. He thinks that maybe there should be around one third of the points available of the main Grand Prix. Um, and this option was ultimately not taken up because the feeling was that we needed to see how the sprint functions first before we allocated the points. So it looks as if there will be more points on offer. Hopefully, uh, I don't know, maybe top five, top six or something getting points, I think would make it worth it and make people who maybe might start towards the end of the top 10 really try and push forward. But um, once again, I can't imagine there's going to be a whole lot of crazy switching of positions i mean daniel ricardo is probably the the best example of it so far he gained two positions technically three including bottas's penalty and monza which put him on the front row he originally qualified p5 uh, on monza on the friday um but somebody who we haven't really mentioned about and it could just be really bad luck but lewis hamilton has always lost positions with the sprint I know we've only had two but for Silverstone he lost one place um and for the sprint at Monza he lost three positions so I'm sure Lewis Hamilton is well it could be you know he's, <laughs> he's very good right at Lagos. yeah championships <laughs> over all this kind of say he probably doesn't care it's literally a few points but hey we've seen how close the championship is this season every point counts but I'm sure when we get to Interlagos he'll just completely be like yep yeah, it's no problem. I'm just going to collect all these points. And he's just had a few uh, challenging times. But um, another point, which maybe will make this the final point because it's quite a nice thing to end on, um, is race fans uh, asked Ross Braun in this Q&A session that he did whether there could be a possibility for a sprint qualifying champion, uh, to which Ross Braun said, yes, I think there is a possibility for that. Um, we've seen F1 go heavy on commercialization in recent years. Obviously, we've got things like the DHL Pit Stop Award. We've got Crypto.com, um, who have now done the Overtaking Award, and they also sponsor the uh, F1 Sprint, as it is at the moment. Um, but what do you think about a Sprint champion? I'm not sure how they would go about calculating that. Maybe just take those individual championship points and put them into its own little table. But do you think that's a nice addition or do you think like, just leave it be? Um, I'm looking at it thinking maybe that's the way that you separate it from the whole championship and you can maybe take points away from it completely or, or like, you know, the, I know it wouldn't be as prestigious, so maybe people wouldn't bother with it. It's just, the whole format bothers me, Katie and Frank as well. <laughs> and Frank. Um, it just it just doesn't work because the the whole setup is just destined to fail with it. So the sprint the sprint qualifying champion, yeah, you, you know, you could have it where you get points, but then it's still not going to be as popular as the world championship, and it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like. If you're gonna if you're gonna have like a sprint race at every race, just have an extra race. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, have a race. You did a you did a piece about all the tires that get burned anyway, right? 
yeah, make yeah. them make them make them use the tires that are just going to waste and have a full race you know we know we know that like i mentioned earlier that the hybrid engines are actually very economical and you're not doing um you know if you if they really care about the environment that them having an extra 20 laps on a on a saturday and having two full formula 1 races is better to me than doing this pointless sprint that is just not going to work unless you reverse the grid or do something interesting with it because it's always just going to fail but then i could be totally wrong in 2022 it could be the closest grid ever you know it it doesn't work at the moment because the cars are so bad to overtake and there's too uh there's too much distance between the teams even even this year where you know we're loving it because it's close in inverted commas but if you look at 2012 it's actually laughable to call it close because <laughs> you know McLaren Ferrari they're still not going to win a race unless both Red Bulls and both Mercedes engines blow up um it's just not competitive enough so maybe maybe next year when the grid's closer it's going to look amazing but for the moment I just can't see past the the current format and it just not working because because it's just destined to fail because <laughs> it's never gonna I, I cannot see a scenario unless it rains where the sprint is ever going to be interesting like a really like a properly good race because teams are boring and they always pick the same tires and because they just do it on a computer and tell them exactly which strategy to use and they can't overtake so um yeah that's my that's my mini rant on it (laughs) (laughs) I want quite your honest opinion um but no I think there are probably going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that would agree with you I mean uh I'm trying to find out where it was but I think they spoke to there was a, a survey done recently um, with F1 uh, and they asked over 167,000 F1 viewers and 40% agreed that sprint qualifying improved the show while 34% disagreed. So really, that's, pretty that's, split. Not, that's pretty split. And, you know, I'm sure all of the graphics would be like 40% think it was Blimmin' marvellous. Not 34% thing. It's terrible. It's absolutely yeah. terrible and they hate it. Um, that Those numbers, I'm sure if you're F1, they're well, probably let me just a bit get too the close to each other. Poll up, I did a poll on your article. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> how many F1 sprints do you want to see in a season? 5% said all of them. 22% said half the races. 35% said three like this season. And thirty-seven percent said none. <laughs> Never want to see it ever again. <laughs> and that's and that's eighteen thousand votes so far. Yeah. So there you go. That's more than well. That's like that's a lot of votes, and the majority of and and you think as well like that's people that actually watch the sport. You know, like Formula like dedicated Formula One fans, and thirty-seven percent. The majority don't want to see any. Um, there we go. So yeah, 
I don't know. I'm I'm more than happy for F1 to try these new things. Yeah, I like um, trying stuff. I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't want to come across as like oh because I I was actually very for it and I I personally I'm glad they did it in the first place because I was like this is a great idea you know you're getting rid of practice I think things <laughs> should I think sh- I think things should change Formula One has changed when people are like oh you can't mess with it it's like well you know they don't drive around hay bales in air, like airports anymore uh without any seatbelts on like it's always evolving you know, like the races change you go to different tracks to make things interesting and there's always things to spice it up you could argue that them having different tires are um yeah, what's the word true. i'm looking for gimmicky um you know because you're essentially making someone use a certain tire drs is a gimmick um yeah the mandatory pit stops a gimmick uh all these things could be seen as a gimmick but um so where do you draw the line uh, but for me, this one is just not not quite done right. But I'm willing to give it a try in 2022, personally, and see. Because I, I think we could just get a completely different scenario in 2022. It's all right them testing it now, but they're, they're literally changing, flipping Formula One on its head next yeah. year and having a completely different car. So it could be the best thing ever. We don't, we don't know. You can test it on cars that can't overtake each other and are massively separated in performance. But maybe it's the best thing ever. You know, if if they did this in 2012, when you've got six teams fighting for wins every race, then, yeah, it could be absolutely incredible because they will want to get an extra three points or say you change it to six, seven points. Um, But this year... No, you're just giving an extra point no. to Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, aren't you, really? This is true. Well, I think maybe we should wrap that up here because <laughs> we've been talking about, about F. We could literally go and do a whole big rant about the F1 sprint. Um, but as ever, if you guys have any opinions on the things we've talked about today, be sure to tweet us. Uh, send us messages on Instagram, however you young folk like to communicate nowadays. <laughs> young smoke folk. signal. <laughs> you make it sound like you're as old as me. <laughs> I'm 26 now. I'm an old fogey. Um, I don't know, carrier pigeon, smoke signals, uh, however you like to uh, communicate in 2021. <laughs> but yeah, be sure to get in touch. Let us know what you think. Um, and also... Tell us what you think about these these audio-only podcasts, because this is the second one Tommy and I have done in the space of a week. Um, and I don't know about you, Tommy, but I quite enjoy them having a little chin wag with you, talking about popular things going on in the world of Formula One and general motorsport. So exactly. You, yeah, we do it on you... we do it on WhatsApp anyway, so we might as well record it and just yeah, let everyone listen in. <laughs> slowly over time i feel like these will become a lot more casual let my guard down and i won't be quite as professional i mean we'll (laughs) we'll see no (laughs) um but yeah thank you very much tommy for your time thank you frank who is currently sat on your lap um who's been making all sorts of growling noises yeah growling noises tapping around i should probably also clarify for people that maybe you've been living under a no, rock. what's it called? Living a rock. A I, nearly, rock. I nearly said living under a brick. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a saying. Um, that uh, Frank is Tommy's dog. 
in case you yeah. thought he just had some. He's guy not named Frank. after Frank Williams, which many people think is true, but it's not. I'm afraid no. not. Oh gosh, you broke my heart. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, thank you again for for spending your Tuesday afternoon with me, and uh, we'll be back again for another WTF One podcast to talk about all things Mexico. Triple uh, headed time. Days. Yay! Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> five races in six weeks but they're going to be a good five races because the season's going to be coming be. to a very like a close very very soon which is crazy anyway i'm waffling see you later um i never know how to end these things so bye bye, bye. <laughs>